This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Good morning. Focus this way today. The first lesson is from the 25th chapter of Proverbs. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. The second lesson is from the 13th chapter of Hebrews. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison, as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled. For God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The word of the Lord. Please stand as we prepare to hear our gospel lesson, which this Sunday is taken from Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, He told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host and the host who invited both of you may come and say, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. 
But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you'd be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Please be seated. When I... Uh, saw people coming in and sitting down. I saw everyone had gone to this side. And I was just sure that one person was going to come in and sit over here. Yeah, I know. That's why I, 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 I sicked Chris on you there. <laughs> this way I only have to stay in, on one side over here. We, we can actually talk like a family. Uh, speaking of families... Um, when I read this text from Luke, whenever I hear about these banquets or these feasts that are being given in Scripture, the only real thing I have to compare it to in my own mind are those family dinners. Um, and for me growing up, the closest thing was Sunday dinner. Um, Sunday was different. We would eat a little slower, more purposefully. We would eat a little better, such that even now I can't hear the Lord's Prayer without smelling roast beef, because it seemed like that's what we had every Sunday, and we would always say the Lord's Prayer before we began. And we always had set places at the table. I don't ever remember being assigned a place at the table, but I knew which was my chair. It was dad, and then mom at his right hand, and then uh, the oldest, my sister Kristen, next to dad at his left hand, then my older brother Tom next to her, and then me next to mom. I'm not sure why it settled that way other than perhaps necessity. Because when I stopped to think about it, okay, it used to just be mom and dad. Well, then Kristen came along and she probably sat next to mom so that she could, so mom could help feed her. Then when Tom came along, she got bumped down one. Tom got fed. Then when I came along, they both got bumped down one more so that I could get fed. And thus we found our places around the table. But when we would gather together on Sunday, it was as if the act of eating with more purpose increased the gravity of our table. Because 
Others would tend to get caught in that gravity well and start orbiting the table with us. There would always be two or three extra people, whether they were friends from church or visitors or someone who was traveling, who was stopping by. There was always a couple extra places at the table. We'd say a blessing, we'd give thanks to God and to the cook, and then we would dig into the the happy and holy work of eating. And it does seem to be holy work in some way because eating keeps showing up in Scripture over and over and over again. Whether it is uh, Abram, entertaining those three mysterious strangers underneath the oaks of Mamre, where indeed he does entertain angels unaware, or whether it's Jesus gathering with his disciples for the Last Supper. It seems that there is something special about the act of eating something that brings us together and makes us open up perhaps to each other a little bit more. Maybe, well, when you think about it, the first meal set in Scripture is once God has created Adam and Eve and then created some dry land for them to stand on, God sets out a meal, the Garden of Eden. He sets out this vast abundance for these new creatures, for God's new children. And the first sin seems to be not being content with one's place at the table. Adam and Eve don't want to just be the ones who get fed. They want to move up. They want to take the host's place at the table. They want to take God's place at the table. And from there on out, it seems like the history of humankind stumbles down through history like a car with a wheel missing. And thus it seems appropriate that if human history gets started with a meal gone bad, that it might conclude with a meal gone right, which is what the Jews and indeed the early Christians believed. That when we got to the end of time, there would be another great feast set there would be this great messianic feast when the Messiah came. We'd all sit down together and share this glorious meal. But ever since Adam and Eve, there has been this contention about who gets to sit where. In one of the greatest archaeological discoveries of our age, they found all these beautifully preserved scrolls in caves near Qumran. 
And in these scrolls, they found uh, uh, the texts of like the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, but they also found texts describing what they believed it would be like when the Messiah came. And they found what in essence counts as a, uh, a seating chart or an invitation list for this great messianic feast. And the text that they found said that when the Messiah comes and sets out this grand table, there would be no one at the table who was sick. There would be no one at the table who was lame. There'd be no one at the table who was blind. There would be no one at the table who was afflicted with any sort of, and I like the wording, visible blemish. There would be no weak-minded. There would be no, um, well, actually what it says is, it would be only the men of renown. So apparently there'd be no women there either. And, and it said they would all be there, the judges, the, the leaders, the administrators, the priests in the temple. It says all according to their dignity. And then the Messiah would come and extend his hands out over the bread and the wine, and he would bless it. And then it says, then those at table, again, according to their dignity, would also stretch out their hands and bless the feast. In their vision of this messianic feast, wholeness, health, rightness, is achieved by excluding all that isn't health and whole and rightness in their eyes. That that would be something that would be taken care of before the Messiah even arrived. So that all who would be left would be those men of renown according to their dignity. But when Christ comes, Christ seems to have a different view of how this is going to work. And he latches on to this little passage from Proverbs that you heard as the first reading. If you blinked, you missed it. It's this little pithy saying that is good advice for anyone trying to figure out how to find their place at a banquet. And perhaps you've, you've had this uncomfortable feeling before. Believe me, I have as a pastor because so often when I have done a wedding and I get invited to, to the wedding dinner, there isn't a place for me. And so... I have to kind of figure out where it is I'm supposed to sit. And I normally end up sitting with the awkward aunts and uncles, the ones who don't quite fit at the other tables. And as soon as I sit down, they shut up because I've got this collar on. And uh, anyway. Um, but, you know, you, you're, you're trying to find your place. And, and this writer of this proverb says, you know, Try this trick. 
Sit at the lowest place and wait for your host to tell you where your proper place is at the table. It's like you're playing this social shoots and ladder game and you have to be careful not to reach too high lest you hit that big shoot and end up all the way at the bottom. Try this little bit of advice. Well, Jesus grabs on to this and subverts it to teach a lesson about the nature of feeding and hunger and the nature of who God is, the one who is feeding creation. As I started to say earlier, there's something about eating that draws people together, that makes us tend to draw closer to open up a little more freely. I think part of it might be that in eating there is a certain recognition of our shared vulnerability. We all have to eat. We all have to take sustenance from our environment and stuff it in our pie hole in order to survive in this world. And in a DNA kind of way, perhaps we remember that we still bear that curse from Eden in that we can only eat by the sweat of our brow. That we still have to eat if we are going to survive. But perhaps it also is a reminder to us of that shared condition and a shared destiny that that very act of eating is also leading us inexorably to that final feast. Little wonder that those around Jesus had trouble recognizing him as the Messiah. Because the sort of feasts that he was sitting in on looked nothing like that feast described in the Qumran scrolls. Instead of being surrounded by men of renown in their dignity, by the brightest and best, Jesus was surrounding himself with the lowest and the least, surrounding himself with traitors, with terrorists, with sex workers, with even us religious types. And in doing so, revealed something about the seating order at his table. That it had nothing to do with dignity, but had everything to do with the need to be fed. Those who gathered around the tables where Jesus sat shared only one thing in common. It wasn't their success. It wasn't their prosperity. It was their simple need for what Jesus was offering. A word of grace, forgiveness, and acceptance, and a promise of a better life, a promise of a better way of being. Like those family dinners, those who found themselves at the right and left hand of Jesus were those who most needed to be fed and could not feed themselves. Those who needed to receive from Christ's own hand 
from Christ's own lips, the bread of life and the words of hope. And in a little bit, we will gather around the table again. We will come forward and we will hold out our hands to receive from God's own hand a little bit of bread, a little bit of wine, a foretaste of that messianic feast to come. But we receive it from God's own hand simply because we are hungry, simply because we need it. Amen.